This call is being recorded. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Literally, the show that never ends in the circle that never ends. That is the Cleveland Browns. Lockdown Browns brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. We appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen. Day in, day out, whatever podcast platform you use, make sure you're following or subscribe to the Lockdown Browns podcast. Five-star ratings, written reviews. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Lockdown Browns. In for the ride today from Sports Illustrated, Mr. Pete Smith at underscore Pete, uh, at underscore Pete Smith underscore Browns Digest again on SI.com. Um, I guess we'll start here. Um, this, for me... Yeah, I sent out a tweet. Probably shouldn't have sent it out. Um, But it it started last night. Look, it was an amazing, an amazing weekend of playoff football. There's no way around that. And we're going to get to that here. Um, And we'll get to that in second and third segments. An incredible, an incredible four games of action this weekend. But to see many and everything that went on this weekend compared to the current quarterback situation in Cleveland, at times, and look, this is where Twitter is just an absolute sore on the taint sometimes of things. Look, we all know what happened in 2021. We're all not stupid. We're all not blind. We all witnessed it for ourselves. Um, But you can't just leave it be while we're enjoying some fantastic NFL action. And Pete, look, you want to criticize him for his play. And, you know, you want to say he played poorly this year. Yes, yes, nobody's denying that. Is he anywhere to the level that he was in 2018 or 2020? 100% no. There's no way around it. You know, the film is the film. Stats are the stats. The success of the team is what it is. It's black and white. You can see it all through your eyes. It's, It's, you know, it's not convoluted. It's straight and it can be seen. But, Pete, it just feels like there's a time when, I mean, is enough is enough. And, you know, and look, love Miles Garrett to death, 100%, you know, fantastic individual. But we still go back to this, you know, I don't care what the circumstances were. You ripped a helmet off of somebody's head and you bashed him over the head with it. And yet here we are. And another player on this team, just as important if not as important, if more important, because he plays a quarterback position, went out there for four months, played with a torn labor. And as we can tell, and judging by what you saw this year action-wise, it got worse and worse. The play, which makes you probably think maybe the injury in dealing with the injury got worse and worse as the season went. And everybody, oh, well, he practiced. Yeah, it's a hell of a lot different in practice when you're not getting dragged down by 290-pound guys seven, eight, nine, ten times a game. But to the point we're at now, Pete, it's it's just bonkers. And I think the thing that aggravates me and agitates me the most is you're talking about him like he was a freaking bum since the day he walked in the door here. And it just simply couldn't be further from the case. It just couldn't. Yeah, I, it's it's frustrating from the aspect of people pretending like 2020 didn't happen uh you know like um uh Mahomes and and Allen are going at it and and you're getting people complaining that uh 
uh, Baker Mayfield could never do this. Well, he did it twice last year. Like last year, not in college. Last year in 2020, like you watched him do it against the Bengals and against uh, Joe Burrow. You watched him do it against the Ravens, and they fell short in that one on Monday night in that epic matchup where everybody's like, "Man, I can't you know can't wait for 10 years of this." And now we've decided that the, the, entirely incapable, you know, the same quarterback who threw for 290 and four touchdowns in the first half against the Tennessee Titans. Like if, you know, it, it either lends to the idea that you never really liked him and, and the fact that you didn't want him in the first place and this is giving you an excuse, which is fine, or you've deluded yourself into believing that um, the 2021 is the real him, which Maybe it is, but I'd be curious to see if there's been any kind of precedent where that's happened. Um, I mean, maybe Kurt Warner going from the Rams to the Giants. I, I, I don't know, but um, the the amnesia, I guess, has been nothing short of bewildering. So, um, yeah, it's it's not fun obviously to you know you sort of just have to avoid social media if you just want to enjoy the game for the game um it felt like one of those moments where like uh you know everybody's sort of experiencing at the same time but there's this element of just deciding that you had to to make it about the browns um and some people just deciding that the browns should basically not you know giving sentiments that the browns should basically not suit up and try next year which is equally frustrating to me given that you know Baker Mayfield was Joe Burrow in 2020 and now uh we're just gonna say yeah don't even bother like you know that stuff's irritating so um yeah I, I mean I, I I don't see how this gets better for the foreseeable future I, I you know he's dude dude's in a sling for the time being um so it just seems like we're going to be dealing with this for an agonizing four months of just people just insisting on crapping on the kid, which, you know, maybe, maybe he deserves it in some respects, but ultimately I think it's, it's uh, not helping anything and ultimately just making it a miserable place to, to uh, exist. And, you know, for me and, you know, certain people not going to name names, but, uh, you know, when you have prominent voices in the sports industry in that area, you know, first things first, why were you blocked by the team's starting quarterback anyway? Certainly makes you got to wonder how it got to that point where <laughs> you were blocked by the quarterback of the team you so-called cover, just strange in its face. And, you know, the fact that, you know, you – feel you're going to say whatever you're going to say, which is certainly anybody's right in the content world. And then acting shocked that there may be repercussions or actions done due to what you said or due to how you act or due to what you continue to say or due to things that you maybe make up to say. Uh, you know, the fact that it even gets there is just a – bonkers banana circus you know you know of itself and you know with the of you know the certain clamoring for a player who now plays in los angeles and as the story goes always wanted to be in los angeles um 
was, you know, sad that there was a pit stop, you know, in mid-America on the way out to the left coast. I I just don't get it. it, it it's tired. And, and actually, before we even hit the record button, Pete and I, what is one of the things we love most about the NFL? What do we love? The offseason. Covering it. Covering every aspect of it. Talking every angle of it. You know, positions, front office, coaches, everything. Um, And we're, what, two weeks into it and change. I mean, I guess three and a half, four, if you count, you know, when the Browns were eliminated. And it's just an absolute crap fest right now. But, you know, my thing is, and look, if there wasn't something where he was injured week two of the season, and say he walked out of that game and had the diagnosis, which he had, and we didn't know for a couple of weeks, and went on the shelf, and we would have talked about the way he closed out 2020. We would have talked about the way he began 2021. And for anybody who's saying that this media would have just said, uh, you know, Okay, he had the surgery. We'll see him next season. Pete, the lengths and depths that this goes sometimes, you can't say that and truly believe it. You just can't because it is definitely within the media coverage of this team. It is a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of scenario at times. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, ultimately – he decided to uh, – you can blame it on being selfish, but uh, I would argue he was doing it for his teammates. Uh, I mean, the answer is probably some combination of both. Um, you can make the case that um, it was irresponsible. You can make the case that it was any number of things for um, not shutting it down and getting the surgery uh, after, after, after the injury week two. Um, but at that point – once they decided they were going with it, um, the decision is then on, on the head coach on who's he's going to put out there. And Kevin Stefanski decided every week without hesitation, never, never suggested anything else that they were going with him. So despite all of it, Kevin Stefanski told you on a week, on a weekly basis that that was the best quarterback they had. Um, people can say he's wrong but I watched Case Keenum play and I don't think he was uh, Nick Mullins was better between those two. Um, so, I mean, that's sort of how it goes, but like, as I've been saying you, when your quarterback gets injured, you're basically screwed. Um, every quarterback who's gotten injured this year, other than Matthew Stafford, who's just one giant bruise at this point um, is out. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's also dealt with some injury stuff, but, I don't know how much, you know, how much you decide the the modern day Neil O'Donnell matters to that team, uh, winning or losing. But Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes have been super healthy, and they're playing at the peak of their powers. It's sort of what has to happen to be um, able to put put yourself in this position where you're heading to the conference title game. Joe Burrow, same deal. Another kid who's gotten absolutely healthy out of 94 sacks so far in two years. I don't know how. Long that's going to work, but he's playing great. Um, but that's part of it. You only get one team that's going to come out of this thing winning uh, the Super Bowl. So everybody else, you're going to have 31 disappointed teams. The Browns were disappointing way faster than other teams, which is um, frustrating. But ultimately, um, 
I, I don't see how we're r- ruling them out already when I think they're re- reasonably close. If they get a couple key pieces, I think they can be a contender uh, just as they should have been this year. Uh, injuries got to get lucky um, on some of that. But ultimately, I think they are a really, really talented football team that is not as far away as um, people suggest. Uh, in the end, they finished one game behind a Chargers team that was absolutely loaded and had all the luck in the world. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, I, you know, ultimately what will happen is we'll get into um, whether it's April or July, people are going to talk themselves into this thing, and it's just a matter of uh, how long it's going to take. So that's ultimately where we're going to end up. But the bottom line with Mayfield – 2022 is his season uh, unless unless we get in and this will be the quote an opportunity that was simply too good to pass up unquote uh, <laughs> that 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 it, 2022 is his year he will decide where he's going to go and if he were to get injured again you know that's that'll be it I mean there, there's no you're still sort of screwed on that front so I mean like this is it he's got to do it um, I Still believe he's more than capable. Um, again, 2020 was not that far away, and he was literally a top 10 quarterback that year, playing most uh, a large chunk of that year. Number two behind uh, Patrick Mahomes, and he did it with his best receiver being Rashard Higgins. Like, I, I, to me, I, I I wouldn't throw that away, but we'll, we'll see where we end up. Uh, no, no question about it. And, you know, look, 2022 is going to tell the tale. And for people using terms like selfish and ego, Baker Mayfield, for now, probably cost himself anywhere between, if you want to say 20, you want to say 30, you want to say $40 million by playing in 2021. None of that sounds like somebody's ego. None of that sounds like being selfish as far as I'm concerned. So. That's where we're at with that, but let's get to it. We're going to come back here. We're going to talk some playoff games this weekend. It was an incredible, an incredible weekend, all four games, and we're going to get to it in here. We're going to break it down here just a bit. Pete Smith, Sports Illustrated, along for the ride with Jeff Lloyd here on Locked on Browns. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit, or eating healthier, make sure you include Bilt Bar in your plan. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Bilt Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which could be healthy, chalky, waxy, or it tastes like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Bilt Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, real chocolate. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, it usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, your car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with a built bar. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if not a huge fan of working out, you could at least Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Bilt Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter, brown, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Bilt is always coming out with new 
limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, all caps, no space, and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I guess we'll start in the AFC. Actually, we'll just start with Saturday in general. How, how can we not close this with what that game was last evening? Um, you start here, Pete, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, Cincinnati at Tennessee. Um, for me, Pete, the, the prevailing thought that I come along, come away with this is, you know, obviously Ryan Tannehill, first throw, the, first throw of the first half interception, first throw of the second half interception, last throw of the game interception. But for me, the takeaway that I took from Tennessee in a game, even as sloppily as they played, could have pulled out somehow in the end, was the trying to get Derrick Henry going. This is a team that went past Derrick Henry's injury um, a lot better, a much better than anybody would have anticipated, getting themselves to holding the number one seed in the AFC. Your best player on Saturday, no doubts about it, was A.J. Brown, but you stuck with this convoluted effort to get uh, you know, to get Derrick Henry involved. Meanwhile, Foreman was having the better day running the ball. There was the fourth down situation where you used Tannehill, you used Derrick Henry on third and short. You committed yourself to going for it. Uh, you did that. Didn't work out. Foreman probably, in my opinion, should have had one of those touches. But I think if Tennessee had just sprinkled in Derrick Henry, it would have been more favorable for them. I think their effort to make Den- Derrick Henry a factor in this game is probably one of the things that ultimately cost them this game. I have been very critical of Zach Taylor as a head coach. Um, I think he did the least wrong on the weekend. Um, True. Which was a a historic weekend of bad coaching decisions. And the Tennessee Titans did everything wrong. Third and one and fourth and one were the game to me. Um, running that stupid little delayed keep action, and then the, the that uh, crappy, you know, hesitating uh, zone play to Derrick Henry. To me, that was the game, and you know that was that, that those were some of the mistakes they made. You mentioned for uh, you mentioned Foreman, and he was he was far better. It you know Derrick Henry looked like he was just running in quicksand he, he he was slow he was ineffective uh, he averaged i think like two yards a carry or something like that like uh, foreman carried the ball four times and had more yards like and they weren't just one super long run he had a couple big runs it was just it was bad uh, the 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 i think it was Tannehill's second interception the one to mike hill absolutely blowing the Bengals off the ball and they decide to throw there for some reason. Like there are just any number of things. Like I, to me, I felt like the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator gets bored during drives and can't stop from doing something that's like interesting to him rather than what's best for the team. So that was really frustrating. And then, and then the Tennessee Titans defense couldn't make a tackle. The, Jamar Chase is an incredible talent. However, the one he caught on a drag was one of the worst angles I've ever seen a corner take on, on a receiver. 
where he not only missed it, but absolutely knocked his guy out of the way from making the play. Like the Bengals don't do anything that's very complicated. Like people will criticize the Browns for running a simplistic offense, even though they don't like the Bengals do even like are extremely vanilla in terms of what they do offensively, but they have dudes and they have a quarterback who can execute and it works really, really well. Um, the one thing I will criticize Zach Taylor for is the amount of times that they ran long developing pass plays down the field with no short option. And Joe Burrow is getting absolutely killed. Like this happened on multiple occasions where there was nowhere to go to the ball. And Joe, Joe Burrow is just dropping back to essentially get killed. So um, impressive effort by the Bengals defense um, there. The secondary they essentially assembled in the off season has been remarkable. Jesse Bates is obviously a great player. Uh, they got I mean, this defense uh, largely mercenaries. In fact, I hope the Browns steal BJ Hill off of it here uh, after the season's over. Um, but they did, they did a great job. I, I was, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill was bad, uh, but the, the, a lot of that was because the Bengals were really good. I thought the Bengals played within themselves. Um, and I think the thing that they impressed me was you're a team on the road in a playoff game. What do you do? You try to stick around as long as you can till you find your opportunity. You hopefully cash it in. They did. Um, and this Bengal team, you know, look, as much as everybody wants to talk about Joe Burrow and look, you know, I don't know if we're going to put Joe Burrow in the Patrick Mahomes conversations yet. That does seem a little bit premature. We're talking about a league MVP. We are talking about a Super Bowl MVP. We are talking about a Super Bowl winning quarterback, a guy that has now played in two Super Bowls. That may be a tad bit premature, but I mean, Joe Burrow's on the way, but there are some other players. Right? The secondary at times where it was joked about, uh, you know, what they had put together, found a way to make it work. Logan Wilson looks like a solid, solid player, uh, obviously for them, you know, at the linebacker position. Um, as you mentioned, you know, if you could maybe sneak a BJ Hill out of there, that would certainly, you know, behoove. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, no doubt. Um, you know, obviously the kicker four of four and look kicker. I know everybody wants to talk about it. It's the most fickle thing in the world. McPherson looks like a God right now, but before the calendar hits October next year, McPherson could be run out of town and look like a stinking stooge. It's, it's the most unevil position probably in all of sports because you can go 37 for 37 and be an absolute goddamn hero. Or you can miss one kick and, you know, be regarded as an absolute chump. Um, but, you know, for the kid riding the high right now, uh, obviously able to, you know, hit, you know, kick that kick, clinch that on Saturday for Cincinnati Bengals. And we'll see how it goes, you know, this week. And we'll get into this later in the week as the Cincinnati Bengals will travel to Kansas City uh, to in a rematch against the Chiefs. Uh, maybe the Chiefs won't be blitzing in third and 27 scenarios this time and get themselves in a terrible, terrible spot. But, you know, all that will come for the following week. Uh, the nightcap, San Francisco 49ers travel to Green Bay. Uh, you take this game on the first drive from the Green Bay Packers, Pete. You probably thought this game was going to be, you know, essentially over before halftime. Um, for Green Bay, I think the A.J. Dillon injury was more – critical for them that people wanted to let on. Aaron Jones was a huge, huge part of the passing game. 
um, was, you know, was a factor. But a lot of this is, you know, you you run around and make defenses chase everybody all over the field to Green Bay Packers offense. Then you bring in A.J. Dillon essentially to be the hammer. Um, after these guys are a little winded and he comes in with a huge physical running style, certainly, you know, that was something I felt that they missed, you know, the 49ers. And, you know, as I sat here this weekend, you know, people have talked about Ryan Tannehill. Uh, is that an upgrade? Cause when we're going to talk about the Cleveland quarterback situation, you tell me you're bringing in a significant upgrade, Ryan Tannehill. No. And we get to the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo upgrade, dramatic upgrade. Uh, I don't care what another certain writer the Cleveland Browns says, no, it is not a significant upgrade. Um, Debo Samuel, and back in the day, you know, we used to use the term, Pete, pop watering somebody. You know, somebody is your best player. You know, you need your best player to make a crack block to open up another player. You use that player. You're in a pinch. Oh, we'll have him return kicks. Oh, you know what? We'll use him to run the ball. Uh, we'll use him for this. And I, I think the San Francisco 49ers are just absolutely brilliant and I'll say this again, Debo Samuel is not an individual right now. Well, he is an individual in the NFL right now, but I think he's also become a position, like a chess piece, where everybody in the NFL right now is sitting down with their front office saying, how can we find ourselves a Debo Samuel to put on our roster? You know, you need a big kickoff, you know, kickoff, you can do that, kickoff return. Um, so I do think, you know, for them offensively, Debo Samuel, and look, there were some drops early, uh, San Francisco 49ers certainly look like a team that wasn't ready to deal with the elements. <clears throat> but you sit there, and I, I can't <clears> – I still can't even wrap my head around the fact, Pete, that the Packers did not come out of this game with a win. You go to that block punt, and I think the funniest thing about that block punt was everybody knew it was blocked, but the players on the field, the people in the stands, the people watching on television – Nobody had any idea where the freaking ball was, and granted, it was two, three seconds, but Pete, it felt like an eternity that nobody knew where the ball was at the time. Yeah, uh, man, that uh, that game. Aaron Rodgers looked like crap. Um, it's unbelievable how much the Packers' offense is just dysfunctional without uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Like even by the numbers, like it's unrecognizable. Devonte Adams is un, is is this unbelievable player, and yet they can't function without both of them. Um, obviously, they they not having David Bakhtiari sucked um, for them. I, you know, I don't know what that means, both short term, long term for him. Um, you mentioned the injury to AJ Dillon. Um, they were they were hurting, and and Aaron Rodgers looked cold um and and you know this is another one of those where yeah it sounds really fun to play uh, a game in in negative degrees or whatever it was and it not really um it, it just ends up being a, a largely crappy football game where somebody has to win um 49ers defense did a great job uh, rushing the passer and making Rodgers uncomfortable. It helped that they had uh, some backups and they were trying to protect him. Um, right tackle this week of football was horrendous. Um, all all the games, everybody had a Blake Hans, um, and some were worse. The the, uh, the 49ers understand who they are. Um, they understand that they they are going to be more physical than most any team they're going to play. And they can create points that way. 
but like Jimmy Garoppolo, he's the modern Damian Neil O'Donnell. He is trying to throw away games for you, and the other team barely didn't capitalize in this one. Um, but it, it all came down to special teams. I mean, the, the Packers scored uh, seven points on the opening drive of the game, and then they had, I think, eight more drives and scored uh, three the entire way. Um, and the 49ers special teams were able to block a field goal, block a punt that they scored a touchdown on, had a massive kickoff return that set up their field goal. Like um, that was a huge, huge deal for that, that game, that team, you know, the 49ers for whatever they don't have at quarterback right now, you know, in, in as much as he's not Patrick Mahomes, he's not Joe Burrow. um, He's not Matthew Stafford, whatever he is. The fact that the the 49ers seem to be the best all-around team in every other facet of the game, just in terms of how well they execute, um, that is what is giving them a chance. Will that carry them another round? Certainly seems like it should, given the fact that they have beaten the Rams six in a row and just absolutely beaten the hell out of them in every game they've played in terms of just lining up and just uh, physically dominating them. Um, can they continue that? Can, can Jimmy Garoppolo get through another week without, you know, killing their team? I, I don't know. Um, meanwhile, you have the Packers who have, you know, like losing for the Packers just seem, like, is like a wake because immediately it turns into, oh man, what's Aaron Rodgers going to say? Oh, they have like, they're like 47 million over the cap. Uh, I don't know. It, like it, it, it was you know, as as brutal as that loss was for Buffalo, uh, and and how bad you feel for the fans of that team. Like Green Bay, it was like the team died, um, and, and they have no excuse for it. And like Aaron Rodgers can blame a lot of people for that one. Um, ultimately, it's going to come down to Aaron Rodgers couldn't get it done. That 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 last pass, I think it was to Devonte Adams, where it just like felt skated off the ground, woefully short, was just mm-hmm. felt. Felt like that was the game in, in a nutshell to me. And special teams matter, obviously. Blocked field goal, uh, 10 guys on the field. Uh, blocked punt. Incredible uh, you know, that they eight. had 10 guys on the field for the last play of the game. Incredible. I mean, if anything, you, you throw 12 out there and hope you don't get caught. 10? 10? I, 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 I just can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Um, we're going to run we're running a little short here on time. So next time we will actually do Sunday's action. But um, obviously, overtime the way it's played and its rules is a huge, huge topic of discussion today. Uh, we'll get to that in just a minute as we continue here. Your Monday Lockdown Browns with Pete Smith in the house with your host, Jeff Lloyd. Hey, Browns fans. This is Jeff Lloyd with an incredible app who everyone buys gas needs to know about. Get upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus, 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back, again, on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there is no catch. Cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use promo code 
touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, that's promo code touchdown. Everybody up in arms here today, Pete, about overtime. And look, I'm with you. Everybody's with you. We would have loved to seen that game go on for another six quarters, as exciting as it was. Um, but it did come down to a coin toss, 100%. Um, and I think either way, Pete, whatever team won the coin toss, the other team was screwed. The defenses were just absolutely gassed. Um, all of the action that went on from the two-minute warning into the time in overtime. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for Buffalo fans, I feel it. Um, in the same respect, 13 seconds on the clock gave you that opportunity. But, Pete, is there ever going to be the proper way to handle overtime? Is there ever going to be something that satisfies all? Because I know a lot of people, oh, well, both teams should get a shot at the ball. Okay, well, then Buffalo is most likely going to score. What do you do then? It's the playoffs. There has to be a winner. What if we get to the end of that quarter and we're still tied? Are we now going to risk players' health by going, taking a game into the, you know, one hour and 20 minutes of playing time? This is something, Pete, and it's gone on forever, and it'll go on forever. I just don't know if there's an absolute proper way to construct overtime within the NFL that everybody is ever going to be happy or satisfied with it. And the other thing is you do have to keep in mind player safety, and how much these players are being taxed physically in a game. Uh, I think the only satisfying answer for anyone is to play forever, um, which is unrealistic. Um, I didn't have a problem with anything that happened in that game, and perhaps that's shaded by the fact that the Bills had the game there with 13 seconds left. Um, I, I will never have an issue with saying a defense has to stop somebody from scoring a touchdown, which is what happened. I hated it when it was team would gain 20, 30 yards and kick a chip shot field goal. Um, Those days are done. You have to be able to stop somebody on defense. Now, if you're asking me what's the best way to avoid a coin, I think it's probably going to end up being that spot and choose thing, which I really like. Um, If that's the way they want to do it, at least at that point, both teams have agency and uh, both teams can sort of have an influence on where the ball uh, ultimately goes, but that's the problem. So I, I'm guessing the only way it would have been a satisfying uh, outcome would be if the Bills get the ball back, they score, and then go for two. Uh, like that's the only way I can think of that somehow makes everybody happy. But the reality is, if you could have, you you end up in the same problem. So if the Chiefs score again. And then it's sudden death. You're still ultimately in the same problem. So, um, to me, I, the system they have in place makes it so you have the least amount of potential wear and tear. Uh, like people love the college overtime. I hate it. I, like I cannot stand college overtime, especially when they get into the whole two point play crap over and over and over again. It it, it just invalidates so much of of the game where this one actually lets you have the full football uh, football team involved. Um, But yeah, spot and choose to me is the way to go. If we want to get more agency and less of a coin toss feel to it. But I mean, I think the problem with 
overtime in general is the thought process that overtime is supposed to be some super fair system to meet uh, to 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 figure out the game when that was what the four quarters were supposed to be like that is when you had your opportunity to sort of figure it out. So I like, I get it. I'm sure if the Browns were on the other end of this and in the bill situation, I would, I would hate it too. Um, But ultimately I I think at some point your defense has to be able to win a game. That's part of why I hate the college rule is because let's say you're a team that has a dominant, dominant defense, um, but you start them essentially in field goal range already, which is getting further and further away. Like you can have the most dominant defense in the world. You stop them for no yards or negative yards and they're still in range to kick a field goal. Like, do we put them on the 50 to try to satisfy that? Like, so there's no way to satisfy everybody. Everybody plays different styles of football uh, in the NFL. You can build it any number of ways. If your team is built on defense, um, you may want to kick the ball. If you, you know, ultimately you have to make a stop somewhere. They couldn't. That's why the game got settled. I I, I get all the arguments. Um, uh, maybe there's a better way than than what I've suggested, but ultimately, it's just you have to make a stop. Uh, no, no question. Uh, no question. That's, at the end of it, that's what it comes down to. Um, look, obviously, a ton of this is recency bias, as I think everybody was glued to the action last night. I, I cannot see the wait to see the ratings. Of course, you know, which some deemed a, a dying sport and try to stick to that one. Good luck with that one, folks. Um, an amazing game. And we'll get to this on the next one here, the two games yesterday. Because um, even, you know, the one before that certainly had some craziness to it as well. Uh, you know, down to four uh, next weekend. Cincinnati Bengals, Kansas City Chiefs, 3 o'clock, 6.30. Out in L.A., San Francisco 49ers, Los Angeles Rams. Niners have won six in a row. We'll see how it plays out in those regards. Um, it's It was wild, wild weekend. And, again, I don't know how anything that went on this weekend correlates certainly to, you know, a quarterback here for the Cleveland Browns, whatever. But, you know, these things take on a life of themselves, I guess, sometimes. Uh, you know, come at you here another strong week at Lockdown Browns. Full focus, obviously, onto the offseason here. Uh, there will be some coaching additions somewhere along the line. Obviously, I have some have you know basically fled from the nest. We'll see how the rest of this plays out for your Cleveland Browns. Browns Digest on SportsIllustrated.com. Pete and the crew over there do a fantastic job. Make sure you're checking it out on SI. Again, Browns Digest through SI.com. Uh, make sure you were checking out, for Pete's sake, the podcast with Pete and Nicole. Pete and Nicole back in the house this week. Uh, as far as I know. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. No problem with Brent Sobolewski, but the uh, general uh, back and forth between Pete and Nicole, always fantastic and electric. So hopefully, Nicole, uh, everything's getting a little bit you know, slower with her as her and her family obviously got through a tad bit of a tragedy last week. Uh, certainly difficult. And, you know, no way. don't want to see anybody go through that. But hopefully great to see that Nicole will be back in action this week. Myself, uh, make sure you're also following Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, myself at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Follow the back account. DMs are always open. The show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Uh, the sh- uh, as far as the show, we appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen. You can make sure that you are following or subscribe to Locked On Browns on whatever podcast listening device you use. Five star ratings, written reviews, 
please and thank you. Um, and with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Brown. Browns. Uh, OG LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.